Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I'm thankful that you're listening today. I pray God's blessing in your life wherever you are and that you can live out this entire week with the beginner's gift. We're certainly going to dig in on what that is today, but it might be worth saying at the beginning that it is impossible for me to know the life situation of every listener wherever they may be. But it is probable that there are beginners listening in today. I don't mean this is your first time to listen to ESM. I mean you are at a stage in your life where you are beginning something new. Maybe someone is listening who is a newlywed, or maybe you've just had your very first child. Maybe you've moved to a new city or state or started a brand new occupation, or maybe you've just now become a Christian. I don't mind telling you at the outset that I am envious of some of what you possess, and as we go about exploring that today for the rest of our benefit, I hope you are enjoying the beginner's gift to the fullest. When we start brand new things, there is this sense of excitement. There may be some nerves and some fear, but a great sense of anticipation. It feels amazing to start something new that you're excited about, where it has tremendous potential to change your life and give it a whole new meaning. And while I know there are some who are in that state of freshness that we'll talk about today, it's probably safe to say that most of us are not. I don't know about you, but I've been married for almost 25 years. I've been raising four kids for quite a long time now. I've lived here in Lindale for seven years. I've been preaching the gospel for 20 years, been a Christian for 30 years. And look, it's all still really good. But if there is the potential for it to feel like it once did, for that fresh view of what could be in the future that makes you smile when you think about it, I want that back. If you are in any of those categories with me, do you remember what it once felt like? Do you remember what it was like to get in the car and drive away from the wedding venue with a spouse? Or when they put your first child, for me it was Hannah back in 2001, into your arms. I remember my very first week of full-time preaching and all of the tremendous things I was anticipating learning and sharing. When my family and I moved to Lindale in 2015, it was our first time to live near a golf course with a pool and a tennis court, things that I'd always wanted to be near. And I remember telling Summer in those first several months, I wish I could put what this feels like. It feels like we live on vacation. I wish I could take that and put it in a bottle and years from now, just pop the top and take it in. And therein lies some really good news today. I think you can do that. It's a mental exercise, but in my mind's eye, I sometimes see myself pulling the bottle out of my pocket, taking that cork out of the top, and breathing in the excitement 
and joy and satisfaction that came from those early weeks. Do you remember what it was like when you first became a Christian? I was really young, but I remember looking at myself in the mirror after I'd gone back to change clothes thinking, this is the single most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. From here, I will be blessed by God and I will get to teach lessons and do great things. And look, a lot of that is still in me, but maybe not like it once was. But my message for you is, we can recapture the beginner's gift. If you are one, for instance, a new Christian, keep doing exactly what you're doing because you are inspiring us. You are reminding us of what it felt like to collide with God and be put back together. There is a young lady here named Taylor who was baptized into Christ a few weeks ago. She has not stopped smiling. Her Facebook feed is filled with quotes and concepts related to Christ. In just a few weeks of Christianity, she has brought more people to church than some who have been here for years and years. The other day, she asked for 20 copies of the Gospel Message Evangelism Booklet because she was going to a family reunion and she wanted to give a copy to everybody. I have often said in sermons that when someone has been a Christian for this long and I put my fingers together where there's just a half an inch to be seen, they invite this many people to church and I stretch my arms out as far as I can. But sometimes when we've been a Christian this long, arms stretched wide, we only invite this many people to church. And again, I put my fingers very close together. Why is that, do you think? For one, I'd say there's a good chance we've lost the beginner's gift, which, by the way, comes from a quote by a guy named James Clear. I've spoken of him many times. He simply says, the gift of a beginner is fresh eyes. I love that phrase. New eyes, bright eyes, anticipatory, rejoicing, grateful, changed, learning eyes where the sky is the limit and there's potential to explore this further in every direction. But you know how it is in any of the examples I gave you earlier. You've been married for years, raising kids a long time, in the same job, in the same town, in the same church, and what once was exciting has become routine, but not in a good way. Routines can be really great, actually, but not when it's mundane, when it's dull, when there's really no sense that something better is coming or the boundaries can be expanded. And what I really want to do today is help you recapture that by first telling those who are in those stages to be incredibly expressive about what that's like so that those of us who are near you can draw from you. New parents, new Christians, new neighbors, they often feel inadequate, like they're the ones that are taking and we're the ones that are giving, but that's the great myth of it all, isn't it? They are giving off something so rich and bright. It reminds us of who we once were and can help us be like that again, whether it be spreading the gospel to others or just making your marriage great again. The best thing I can do is tell you some of the unique qualities of beginners that is admirable for us all, so that you can go out and try those things. And to do that, I'll share with you an Old Testament story about two characters. One is a beginner and awesome. 
The other has been around for a long time, and he's just missing something. And I want to be more like the first guy. But before we do that, let me finish James Clear's quote, because I think there are two problems when we lose those fresh eyes. The first is pretty obvious. We lose that sense of optimism and growth and excitement. But there's more. Here's the full quotation. The gift of a beginner is fresh eyes. The longer you're in a field, the harder it is to perceive new truths. Your mind is biased toward refining what you're already doing instead of exploring fresh terrain. Look, whatever terrain or trail you choose, it's not just the loss of the excitement, but also the stunted ability to keep learning. Maybe you stop exploring. You spend most of your time defending where you've hunkered down and how you've settled in instead of seeing what God is doing to open doors. Yes, even in the 25th year of marriage, even if your kids are teenagers, even if you've been in a church your whole life, God is saying, if you will bring back the qualities you had at the beginning, and you will admit that even you have new things to learn, there will be some nervous energy, maybe a little bit of fear, but also that tinge of anticipation that you haven't felt in a long time. Okay, if you are a beginner in any of the areas we discussed, how do you make sure you're drinking in all of the goodness of that? And for the rest of us, how do we refill that cup? To help with all of that, I want to tell you a story from 2 Kings chapter 5. It is a very unique and interesting chapter that revolves around two men. The first man is mentioned in verse 1. His name is Naaman. Naaman is not a man of God. He had not even begun to walk with the Lord. He was also a leper, which was a terrible and painful disease that most certainly would lead to death. Maybe you can remember how this story plays out. There is a little servant girl from Israel who tells her master that there is someone back home who can heal him. He asks his king if he can go, packs up all sorts of riches, and heads to the people of God. He goes to the Israelite king who's unable to help him, and eventually the prophet Elisha sends word to him saying, God has seen you, and if you will go and dip yourself in the river, seven times you will be cleansed. Naaman did not understand this. He was upset about it, in fact kind of irate about having to do that, and he almost just left and went back home to die of leprosy. But he had a few servants who talked some sense into him and said, hey, if you'd been asked to do something grand, would you not have done so? Let's go dip in the river. And he does. And after the seventh time, he is completely cleaned and healed. After this, he becomes a worshiper of God. In fact, he's struggling with how he can continue to worship the Yahweh God when he returns back to where he's from. But he is also so thankful for what has happened that he wants to give gifts to Elisha to reward him for helping him to praise and honor and worship God. Ultimately, Elisha says, keep your gifts and go in peace. And that's exactly what he does. Now, let me give you three words that describe the journey of this beginner into the mercies of the Lord and into great rejoicing. Desperate, honest, and grateful. To me, these are three identifying marks of beginners 
who are doing it right, who are taking in the gift of fresh eyes and making the most of it. First of all, he was desperate for change. He was dying. No one could help him. Just the idea that life could get better, that someone could heal him, set him on a journey that changed his life. He was desperate enough to listen to some slave girl, to pack up all of his goods and go to the Israelites of all people. He set out to begin something that would change everything. And that's where I would start. If you are starting something new that is changing your life, that is bringing joy to you in a spouse or a child or a location or a faith that you didn't have before, and you can freshly recall how incomplete your life was before it was made so much better by this change, then you are living the dream. And for the rest of us, how about a trip down memory lane to how desperate we were for what was presented to us? who we were before we were gifted wonderful relationships, livelihoods, and salvation. Start by remembering the sense of desperation that led you to where you are. The second thing is honesty. I find it interesting that Naaman got so angry when he was told to dip in the Jordan River, and he was telling everybody, this is ridiculous, I'm going home. And while I would categorize that as a negative thing, at least he was being honest. This was all new to him. He didn't understand it. That's part of what comes with being a beginner. But he wasn't afraid to tell people how he felt, to express himself, to ask for more information. And because he did that, he got the help that he needed. They helped him reason through this new problem, and he ended up doing the greatest thing of his life. I love how beginners are often humble new parents asking for guidance, new Christians asking about Bible verses. And sometimes they're confused, sometimes they're angry, but they're not afraid to ask or share or say. And so they just keep growing and they keep learning and it gets better all the time. The third word, of course, is grateful. He was so appreciative for what had just happened in his life that he wanted to give away all of his goods. And I think we can imagine that. If you were dying of leprosy and someone healed you, what would you not give them? The gift of God was free, and so Elisha wouldn't take anything, but Naaman was limitless on what he would do or give or show to express what it meant to him. Beginners who have this gift of fresh, appreciative eyes tend to be so thankful and sometimes are so vocal and bold about expressing what they want to do about it. And look, if you're an old-timer like me, in your family, in your job, in your faith, do you think God would tell you, hey, remember when you were super grateful? Boy, we both got a lot out of that. Wasn't it incredible? Those days are gone now. So just hang in there. I'm sure it'll all be fine. No way. If God chose to speak to you directly, he would say, look around. Look at what you have in your life. I know you've had it for a while, but that ought to make you even more grateful. Because not only were you introduced to an answer to your desperation, not only did your honesty help you grow, but you've been able to enjoy all of this for years. You ought to be the most grateful, rejoicing person on the earth. And you know what? In my life, He'd be right about that. 
If you want to rekindle the beginner's gift of fresh eyes, then open your eyes to how good God has been to you and let it trigger some of that level three gratitude that we journal about every day. God, this is who you are. This is what you've done for me. And this is what I will do for you. I've been doing that every day for like 1,100 days. And while I don't always remember the desperation of my circumstances before, and I am continuing to work on being honest about what I need to learn, even if it's embarrassing, I can tell you that daily thankfulness and gratitude have redefined my life. They kind of put me in a time machine and take me back to the day that it all started like taking the bottle out of my pocket and popping the cork. Fresh eyes on an ever-seasoning life. Hey, let me finish with the rest of that chapter for just a minute. There's a guy named Gehazi who was a servant of Elisha. He knew God. He was faithful to God. He'd seen God do amazing things. But he had lost a lot of what Naaman had found. Naaman was desperate for something better, and yet Gehazi seemed entitled as if he felt like he deserved something. You might remember that he went to Naaman and lied and said that Elisha had sent him to get some gifts for some servants. Gehazi took those gifts and put them in his own home. Naaman was honest, even when it was frustration. Gehazi had lost that sensitivity, and he replaced it with deception, as he lied to Naaman and later lied to Elisha when he was asked about where he'd been. Naaman was grateful and a giver. Gehazi was overtaken by greed, a negative emotion that he just let settle in his life. And so in the end, the leprosy that left Naaman landed on Gehazi and would be passed down to his descendants forever. He had lost his heart, his appreciation, his openness, his gratitude. And not only would it affect him but it would affect his children. And that has really got me thinking about not only my life, but my kids. I want them to have fresh eyes. I want them to see what God has done. I want them to be honest and open, learning, always learning. And every time that instills new hope in their lives, I want them to pour forth praise to the worthy God. But of course, first and consistently, they need to see that in me. If that is how you are living your life, please keep doing so openly, vibrantly. We need your light. And to the rest of us, long timers, in whatever category it might be, open your heart to the beginner's gift. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.